Hey there, City on the Edge listeners. Thanks for tuning in yet again. This is Ty, just dropping in real quick here at the beginning to let you know that there are some audio issues with this episode. We are aware of them, and we are working on them. So thanks for tuning in. Oh, sure, yeah. Sure, yeah. All right. All right. City on the edge. 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 Whoa. Okay. City on the edge. All right. Hi, everyone. What's up? How's it going? Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to City on the Edge. Thanks, Ty. All right. Picking up the slack. All right. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome to City on the Edge. We are still without Nora. She, we don't, we don't know where she is. She's, she's vanished. She's gone. She's, uh, yeah, disappeared in Bermuda, I think. Yeah, but um, she'll come back probably pretty soon. Did she go through that triangle? Yeah. Yeah, she's checking out something about a triangle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She's, yeah. She's li- pretty she's, cool. She's but... living life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a fantastic guest today. I'm so excited about this guest. We have uh, artist, Renaissance woman. Painter, musician, all-around amazing person. The only person wearing Great a tie writer. at the table. I think that that's yeah. important. Zinster, Eva Avenue. Hello. Good oh. morning, Eva. Good to be here. So early. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is early uh, this morning. Very today. early. Scheduling conflicts of uh, various kinds. We are uh, actually recording at 8 a.m., 8.30 a.m. on a Sunday yeah. morning, so everybody's going to be crazy. either a little sluggish because of the morning or, uh, or a little hyped up because of the caffeine. Yeah. So I'm... Um, Take your pick. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been up for three hours, and I have a secret. If you need to wake up early, just have crippling anxiety. <laughs> That's like your secret forever. It is. Though, right? <laughs> You'll just wake up refreshed and ready to stay in bed and never leave. Can you edit crippling anxiety to be like, anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't have that ability, I don't think. Um, this won't be loaded with sound effects? Uh, like. <laughs> no, no. Those guys, we did a podcast... <laughs> potential problems the other oh, day, yeah. and they had sound effects going. They had sirens. If you said anything yeah. about the cops, and I'm not sure what I. Yeah, it was yeah. exciting. We had a fun uh, time. We had a great time. I rambled way too much. I felt like sheepish afterward, like oh, that's embarrassed. All right. <laughs> that should just be a sound effect, <sighs> Mike rambling. Man, I was just face palming <laughs> listening to it. I mean, it was just <laughs> Ty was great on it, though. <laughs> and we did have a good time. We had we had fun. <laughs> all right. Um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, graffiti. Right? Yes. That's, yeah. This is kind of Mike's Mike's uh, yeah. one of my, Mike's uh, areas of passion. Well, I just so think tell us I'm, about. Yeah. Uh, sh- should we get right into that, or should we, uh, you want, should well, we, we talk can, about? Well, okay. Why don't we? Um, how about how about that one specific we'll start item with of the local news, news yeah. of the day? Yeah. All right. So this is kind of a <laughs> weird story that has nothing to do with graffiti. That happened to be written by Mike Smith. <laughs> right, right, right. We're going to get to that. Uh, but this is actually not something that was written by oh, Mike okay. Smith. This is a, this this is a weirdly viral story. It went viral for no particularly good reason other than um, in the era of Donald Trump, nobody knows what's real anymore, I think. So yeah. this is a, uh, a poem written by a New Mexican, a guy who lives in Berlin, New Mexico, mm-hmm. where he's from Berlin, lives south of Santa Fe, he says. Um, supposedly this was going to be Donald Trump's inauguration poem and it's bizarre. It is an absolutely the weirdest thing. It's, it's written in Scottish dialect and it's, it, it calls him the best of McLeod because his mother is a McLeod, I guess. Donald Trump's mother is a McLeod. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, this story, we all know he's a clone. And I don't, uh, (laughs) Donald Trump didn't actually have an official poet for the inauguration. Uh, so I don't think he reads or anything, so he doesn't appreciate poetry. Reading is stupid. It's for ignorant <laughs> people. If you already know everything, you don't need yeah, to read. Exactly. So I think... <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> this, uh, this poem came out, and it was touted as, uh, as it was going to be Donald Trump's uh, inauguration poem. Can I just read a little bit of it for you? Please. Here. All right. I'm going to do my best. I'm not going to go full Scottish brogue, but I'm uh, you know mm. try to at least uh, pronounce some of the words correctly. Come out for the Donnell, you brave men and proud, the scion of Torkel, the, the best of MacLeod. With purpose and strength he came down from his tower to snatch from a tyrant his ill-gotten power. That's, that's Obama, by the way. Now the cry has gone up with a cheer from the crowd. Come out for the Donnell, the best of MacLeod. This is on you, Boleyn. 
<laughs> here's, a, here's a good one. The Donald's a giver, while others just take, never gaining from that which his hands did not make. A builder of buildings, employing good men. He's enriched many cities by a factor of ten. The honest and true gladly march with the crowd, standing up for the Donald, the best of MacLeod. Oh, man. And, uh... I'm going to do... You know, I changed my mind about sound effects. If you could splice some vomiting ones in here. (laughs) One more part. One more part. um, Whilst hapless old harridans flapping their traps teach women to look and behave like us chaps, the Donald defends the defenseless forlorn for a woman's first right is the right to be born. That's so creepy. Yeah, seriously. Oh, my goodness. Now the bonny young lassies that fly to the crowd have a champion in Donald, the best of McLeod, so... Man. So you like the poem? No, I think... Yeah, I'm suddenly excited mm. about the presidency. I think I've been <laughs> transformed. <laughs> what a great poet. Yeah, yeah. So I especially connected with that old... Those old harridans? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my... You're you're dressed a bit like us chaps this morning, I've got to say. What's going on there? I was got a fancy this suit on. Is the, uh, no accidents. <laughs> this is the era of Donald Trump. You're supposed to... Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. Ugh. Embrace... Uh, who is this guy? Is this uh, what's his name? Robert Burns? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's very much in the the mode of Robert Burns. His name's Joseph Charles McKenzie. Um, here's his about me page from uh, from his website. Okay. I was born into humble circumstances in the old Spanish hamlet of Belen, New Mexico. Founded 1740 and currently lives south of Santa Fe. I am also New Mexico's first traditional lyric poet. Uh, went to St. John's. Uh, where one of his professors, an Oxonian named Charles Bell, indicated that some of my sonnets surpassed many of Shakespeare's. So he's better than Shakespeare. Oh, wow. And then... Um, I got to hear that thing again. Maybe I was... <laughs> oh, his and professor. then at the bottom, he has this thing that says, the triumph of tradition over modernism. Wow. It says, I have boycotted modernist so-called poetry for over half a century, but arrogant establishment publishers have ignored my rejection of pseudo-intellectual tripe that is nothing more than chopped up prose. Backward liberal elites have tried to censor traditional lyric poetry because it clashes with their Marxist totalitarian worldview. The result has been the silencing of traditional lyric verse and the loss of ability to produce it. Just deconstruction. Well, well. <laughs> but with the triumph, the triumphant appearance of Joseph Charles McKenzie's Sonnets for Christ the King, the first significant body of traditional lyric verse produced since the poems of W.B. Yeats. All of that changes. So. Well. Wait, so who wrote that book he's, he's citing? He wrote it or something else? It. He, he wrote, wrote it. it. Oh, okay. He's referring to himself in the third person, which mm. is always a good what sign. What a weird that stance. That is always a good sign. Yeah. I um, used to do that. <laughs> how, how, how far, I mean, like, isn't everything traditional? Wasn't that new once? Like, didn't somebody write the first sonnet? Hello. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. Like, you know? Like, context. I'm sure cave people weren't, like, you know, writing in in uh, iambic pentameter. Yeah, I should. we should one-up <laughs> him and, like, <laughs> be writing, like, cave wall. Yeah, we're yeah. just, like, uh, grunts. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. This, and then call, like, his time period mo- mo- right. modernism. Right. I mean, his whole... His whole uh, <laughs> Website is just filled with these rants against modern poetry. Wow. Tradition gives poetry beauty of expression, spiritual elevation, and moral excellence. Modernism reduces poetry to self-expression, narcissism, and conformity. Tradition is meaningful and profound. Modernism is meaningless and empty. Wow. Why so, do you have to like well, tear down so. one thing to yeah. appreciate another? Like, can't like they yeah. both just exactly. exist? Like, I, is, yeah, yeah. That would be. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Spoken. That would be truth. You know, that would at least give it a bit more of a like, hey, everybody's forgotten these traditional forms, that, that and I think they're thing, kind yeah. of beautiful, yeah. and Let's, I want to promote them. But instead, it's got to be like traditional forms are awesome. I wrote some sapphic stanzas once; it was once fast and sure. super fun. You know, like like and and then you moved on, and it was beautiful. And and <laughs> yeah. I think those old forms are great, and I like them all. They're they sit side by side with weirdo modernist stuff, right? <laughs> you know, I have. Oh my gosh! I'll tell you what's not on my shelf: that guy's book. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, oh, thank you. it turns out this guy's a New Mexican, and it also yeah. turns out that his his uh, poem is not the official inauguration poem at all. Did they even read it? I mean, no, they no. didn't. They didn't read it at the inauguration. But um, the American Society of like traditional poets um, promoted it and said, Whoa. "We think." That Donald Trump should have this as his official poem, and that, that's everybody, true? yeah. Um, Whoa! This is the uh, unfollow that. The Society of Classic, <laughs> the Society of Classical Poets. <laughs> before I uh, slander another group, the Society of Classical Poets 
um, they recommended that he be the official inauguration, and everybody kind of went crazy about it uh, and wow. posted it all over Facebook and everything. But um, like I said, I think it's it's because of this weird time we're living in where nobody knows what's real. You know, there's fake news and allegations of you know, Russia pulling strings in craziest ways and just everything is so nonsense right now, upside yeah. down with regard to the political establishment. Oh, That's my just, theory. We're getting straight up propaganda from official White House uh, press yeah, briefings. Yeah, the press just, briefing is a guy coming out and yelling about Twitter for five minutes and <laughs> yeah. storming off. He looks so <laughs> mad the whole time. Did you see it? Did you see him? Uh, Eva? Oh, you gotta the, watch the, the, the press the, 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 the press or, conference. Press Eva? I saw I saw some clips of it. I really didn't. I just couldn't. I, like, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Classic like, Soviet era propaganda. He looks. He Amazing. looked like the gym coach when everybody's been screwing around for twenty minutes, and he's just so mad at everybody, and he just comes out and he's like, "You are being disrespectful <laughs> to this school and to yourselves." You know that kind of thing. Yeah. But so, and he also <laughs> sounded like he was just totally paraphrasing something that had just been yelled at him five minutes before. <laughs> and tell him lots of people were there, and the CIA loves me, and. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, should, yeah, we're getting a little political. But you know what? I think this is we're entering an uh, era where people with conscience are going to have to be a little bit political. Look, and it's going to be hard to separate. That's just apart. who we are. Yeah, if you sorry, don't guys. like it, well, you can always skip the first yeah, five minutes of listen, the podcast. Go listen or, to 770 KKOB. Or, yeah, or just not like <laughs> us. Or just not listen to us. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, anyway. Should we... Uh, Let's so, go to some graffiti stuff. Yeah, we're yeah? going to talk about graffiti in Albuquerque today. Yay. Um so, uh, all right. Hmm? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, do you want to you want to read the piece? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, tell what do you want to give us a little. Uh, oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Um, so uh, I I uh, you know I just think a wall with things on it is more interesting than a blank wall. You know, okay. and so I've I've always enjoyed uh, you know ha- looking at graffiti in Albuquerque and so on. There's good and bad stuff, of course. And I wrote this piece for the Alibi about okay. it. Well, I want to get a quick a couple, read couple on uh, on Eva's stance. Yeah. Or uh, t- tell us what your uh, your feelings about kind of graffiti street art are? I don't. Um, for or against? I'm. Yeah. Well, I guess for. <laughs> for I in mean, general. But I don't. I don't really. More pro than. That's con. a weird dichotomy. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah. I don't really have anything to say. Do you have any thoughts? Have you ever uh, participated in any? Uh, no. Any street art? No. No? no, I have. I don't know. I've done some murals, but no, I've done, oh. I haven't done like street art. Oh, like um, I do think it's like a little disappointing when people just sort of scraggle off and scroll a name some or whatever tag that you can't really yeah. read. Yeah, I'm like, well, I don't know, but interesting. But what do I? I don't know. It's like not my. It's not my. Right. Just, it's not my context, and oh, it's. Right. Uh, but I appreciate it, and yeah, yeah. I like am for it. I don't. You know, I think it's dumb when. Um, when what? Just gets, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like those people with the gray paint, and they come around. They're, I don't know. Oh, I think they should buff it out immediately. Yeah, the buffers. Yeah, but yeah. It's it's private property. It's an argument. You know, Dave Hickey says there's this membrane of like um, ambiguous ownership between the the air air and the wall. Hmm. Um, but you know, the paint <laughs> sticks to the wall, so I really don't. I mean, it's poetic that he says there's a membrane, but cool. very cool. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, all right, shall we do this? Yeah. Time goes by, puffing all This is an article from 2014, so you may notice a couple of dated references in it. The words of the prophets are written on a royal walls by Mike Smith. The past and present are often the same in the desert. Everything changes, but nothing really goes away. On rocks west of the city, thousand-year-old faces of gods and warriors look down from lava cliffs onto subdivisions. On a rock to the northwest, conquistador Don Juan de Oñate left a message, and it's still there. On a rock to the east, ranchers carved their brands and names a century ago, and there they are. On a rock to the south, Billy the Kid and three others painted their names in white pigment as if they wanted you to know them today. The southwest's dry climate has left the rock art and inscriptions of the past for us to see today. And that's amazing, to be able to feel a bit of an unknown world, to experience the collapse of time, to connect with other people through something they left behind. But without even leaving Albuquerque, you can connect more fully with your own world, through the names and images being left on city walls, through graffiti. With a little awareness, you can steal a glimpse of a secret map, a psychogeographic map of a city of the unseen, of people you may never actually encounter, but who are out there in the dark, looking over their shoulders, risking arrest to proclaim their identities. 
Not everyone loves graffiti, of course, and that's understandable. There are reasons not to. I don't love it all myself. But don't ask, is it art or vandalism? It can be art and vandalism. And however you feel about it, graffiti is undeniably a sign of life. Look at it as a historian, an anthropologist, a philosopher, a detective, or an art connoisseur, and you will find riches. Keep your eyes open in Albuquerque, and you will see wet cement sidewalk carvings dating back at least to World War II. There's one from 1941 I've walked past around Buena Vista in gold. Or the men's bathroom in the basement of UNM's Logan Hall once blew my mind when I saw Kill Pig Nixon and all other pigs cut deep into the stall door with the X in Nixon, a swastika. On bridges and signposts and curbs across the city, watch the complex interaction of lives in the New West play out in real time through the tags of gangs and their members. See a central tag featuring the gang's name and then the names of individuals surrounding the collective's name. Sometimes where territory is disputed, those names are crossed out and other names are written in their place. Learn a bit about them and you'll find stories about racial and geographic conflicts, poverty, crime, and prison, where many of these gangs recruit their members, class and inequality, determinism, and the illusion of free will. StopABQGangs.org has a helpful introductory list of local gangs and their tags and has added much to my own observations. Not all tags are gang tags, however. In the corporate oligarchy of our daily lives, anyone with enough money can pay to force their presence into your eyes all day. I once read somewhere where one soda company executive said he wanted to advertise so heavily you'd think of his product any time you saw the color red. But many people can't afford much more than a permanent marker or grease pencil or can of spray paint, and they want to assert their ex existence too. That's where I find value in tags, aka names written in public. I have favorite taggers, Fellow, Omen, Syro, Monch, Griffo, Amok, Soul, and others. And as I find them around the city, that secret map unfolds itself in my mind. Some graffiti comes in the form of pre-made stickers. There seem to be a lot of Breaking Bad-themed ones on signs in Albuquerque right now. Some appear in the form of stencils, spray paint applied through pre-cut poster board. Some is wheat pasted, prepared beforehand on paper, and then glued to poles and signs using a mix of flour and water. Often stencils and wheat pasting are combined, as in the stylized face of an unknown Hispanic male seen all over the city for the last two years. Some graffiti is painted freehand, like the locally famous dark-skinned version of The Simpsons in an alleyway near Ash and Gold. Some graffiti is political, such as the symbolic blood recently drenched over five APD substations. Some is just about expression. And some graffiti is unquestionably art, even high art including some tags which can take up entire walls and rise up three-dimensionally in arrays of color. Others cover entire train cars and roll off to speak of the city to other towns. I see the murals in our city, official and unofficial, and I like the city more because of them. I still think painting over the rainbow dripping down the side of the Anasazi building was an obtuse move by obtuse developers who had no idea what an asset they had on their otherwise useless tombstone of a building. People used to get out of their cars just to photograph it. It had become a landmark. Graffiti is a part of life here, part of the history, culture, mystery, and aesthetic of who we are and what is. And it always has been. When Tiwa and Tano people used one rock as a chisel and another as a hammer and left behind the artistic images of corn mothers and thunderbirds, when Onyate politically carved his name not on a blank expanse of rock, but directly on top of native imagery, when ranchers cut their brands into rock and cut their own names beside them, when Billy the Kid and his gang painted their names on an overhang, the past has a lot to say to us, but so does the present. Graffiti is one way it speaks. Hello. Thanks, uh, thanks, Mike, for that piece. Um, so we're actually recording this about a week later because the rest of the episode was beset by terrible, terrible audio issues. Um, which uh, at the beginning of the show, you can probably hear some of those that. Buzzing. Awful buzzing. It only got worse from there. And um, as a result, we lost our audio, of about 40 minutes worth of audio. So with, we quit. With We're Eva. done with this podcast. Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> that certainly did cross my mind um, <laughs> at one point. But I, I think kind of the most tragic thing is that we are losing uh, Eva Avenue's uh, contributions 
And it was great. She was witty and funny and knowledgeable, yeah. and she brought it. So apologies to Eva for, Sorry, Eva. for losing that. We're gonna try to we're gonna try to get you back again at some point okay. to talk some more in depth about some stuff. Even if we have to Skype you in, we'll do it. Yeah, exactly. So um, now back to our regularly scheduled right. program, and um, I'd like to start uh, with a simple question, Mike. Sure. Um, graffiti. Graffiti. Art. Or vandalism. Jesus, Ty, did you not hear the article? I talked about this in the article. It doesn't. Ha- that's a false dichotomy. Yes. You know, it's okay. art and vandalism. Art sometimes. and vandalism. You know, it's like, it's. Uh, I don't know. I think I feel like um, these are these are like, you know, questions that that don't really matter almost in a way. Like, I mean, obviously, like, I like it best when when graffiti is purposefully and thoughtfully placed. Yeah. When, like you know, like. It, to me, when I see uh, an individual's name on a, a bridge in a public area or on uh, a business that I feel like is politically toxic or something like that, yeah. that makes a specific statement. When I see someone's name uh, on a guardrail out in the mountains or, right. or on a tree or a boulder or something like that, that's a very different statement. It's like, that's a boring statement in my opinion. Oh, man versus nature. No <laughs> one's ever written a story about that. You know, that, yes. that to me is, it, that's a boring thing to say. Whereas, whereas when you see something like that within a very developed urban environment, it's a way of taking something back. As I said in the article, corporations can climb inside your eyes as much as they want. They, they yes. can shove their logos in your face day in, day out. They can shove it into your ears so that when you see their billboard, you hear their theme song. Like right. they can completely like own your experience of a place because they have money. And they can you know, create the environment according to their totally. their viewpoint and their desires for Absolutely. what it should be. Yeah. So, um, so when you I mentioned see people, Pompeii in your uh, oh yeah in your piece. Did I? There. I can't remember. Or, no, I don't think it's in the piece. That's but, not like, in the piece. But we, we certainly talked. We had about talked it about it with Eva. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the one of the things about Pompeii is not only is it just this beautifully preserved ancient city, you know, yeah. Turns preserved out you, by horrible catastrophe. Preserved by hot lava. Uh, yeah, with, with the bodies and everything. But it yeah. also preserved the uh, the ancient graffiti that's oh. all over it. It's incredible. And um, Have you ever watched that National Geographic special on Pompeii or seen some no. documentary about it? Mm-hmm. I mean, just for our listeners that might not know, they can pour plaster of Paris yeah. down into these cavities in the volcano, in, in the volcanic lava, or... Um, and fill the space of the bodies that yeah. were in there before. And there, there's a very famous plaster mold of uh, two lovers in bed holding each other yes. as the lava came around them. I mean, just incredible. You can see people running in horror still. Yeah. You know, you can't see the details of their skin because that was all horrifically burned away. Well, but, there's some that you can yeah. see. There's the, the mold of the person, but right. then their teeth are still there. It's oh one of the gosh. eeriest looking things. Oh, craziness. Um, it's amazing. But so also preserved in that, of course and relevant to this discussion was graffiti. The graffiti. Yeah. And uh, on the uh, the Atlantic, there's, a, there's Car- an article about it. Uh, it's called um, Pompeii's Graffiti and the Ancient Origins of Social Media. They tie it to, to Twitter, which eh. But um, <laughs> there is a, a statement by one of the researchers there who, who points out that we have... Um, uh, what these elements do is uh, this is a, they give you the idea that this is a space where people lived, hmm. surrounded by color and imagery and decoration. The graffiti Im- immediately brings you to the people of the town. The graffiti really evoke the people who lived there, not the idea of what the town is supposed to be yeah. or you know how it's supposed to look to attract investors and you yeah. know this kind of thing. Yeah. But really, it's it's a reflection of the people who live there. Yeah. Um, and and just to be clear, the graffiti at Pompeii is not like lofty statements <laughs> of uh, of philosophy or anything. Uh, but uh, just just to give you a little example uh, of cover of your kind kids' here. ears for some of these. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll give you one of the tamer or skip ahead salacious ones. If they're in the car with you. Um, so one says, uh, <laughs> "There's so many that are hilarious." Um, Restitutus says. Restituta, take off your tunic, please, and show us your hairy privates. So that was what somebody needed to uh, to put on the walls there, you know. So we're we're talking about pretty much on a par with wow. the kind of stuff like when you think of the worst kind of graffiti that you see <laughs> around. The Romans were doing it, yeah. you know, two thousand years ago or whenever, whenever Pompeii went under. So, in the same way that that 
Graffiti reflects the people who live there. Our graffiti reflects the people. Read who a couple live more here. of those while the kids are out. So okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it because it's all sort of. It was all translated in the 19th century. Sure. So, oh, funny. Uh, from just outside the Vesuvius Gate, defecator, may everything turn out okay so that you can leave this place. <laughs> And uh, my absolute favorite one, weep you girls, my penis has given you up. Now it penetrates men's behind. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, so somebody had a, a uh, nice life-changing experience I that suppose, evening. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but then a lot of them really are just, you know, so-and-so was here, yeah. uh, so-and-so uh, thinks somebody else looks like I a was here. What, that's the central message of graffiti, really. Yeah. You know, name. I, something that delights me about the house I live in now is there's an inscription from 1959 in the wet cement and the gutter right in front of my uh-huh. house. I just love seeing that. That is so cool. Yeah, absolutely. I saw one from 1963 the other day, too. I was like, that's what was going on that year. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, and here it is, still there. I'm trying to find this quote um, that's, okay. This is uh, Roger Gastman, the author of The History of American Graffiti, said, overall, people want to write on things yeah. to be known, huh. to be everywhere at once, yet nowhere at all. Oh, man. I think that's, well, Ugh, that's I, graffiti, right? I love it. I love it. It's your impression. Is you yeah. putting your impression on. Yeah. And I think that's something that probably applies to all kinds of graffiti. Yeah. It's cool, too. Once you get to know some of the graffiti artists around town, you'll, I've actually met a few of them, mm. and uh, some of them have become friends, and... And uh, it's like, I like seeing them over and over again. Yeah. Oh, there's soul. That guy's awesome. <laughs> you know, or, uh, or so-and-so. Right. You know, like, it, to me, that, that's neat. But also just, you know, I always think, whenever I look at ruins or anything left behind from people, I always think of that lyric from the band The Smiths. Uh, they were born, and then they lived, and then they died. Seems so unfair. Like, who knows what we're going to leave behind? What right. little traces of ourselves? I mean... Restitutus, no one knows anything about that guy except a little bit about the world he lived in. Yep. And they know that it, he had a body friend who made some dirty joke about <laughs> he it. He had a little, that, like, uh, you know, he, he had a sudden flash of uh, yeah. passion at that moment, needed Hilarious. to record it. Just Hilarious. that little passion. Do you have uh, any uh, particular favorite graffiti around town or anything like that? Is that a. <sighs> you know, I like. I had an era where I was really, really into this stuff, and I was I was following it all the time. Then I entered a new era of just worrying about money constantly and nothing else. <laughs> and and we're it, two small human beings it, involved, yeah. or multiple small human right, beings involved right. in this uh, transition. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And but uh, so I haven't paid as much attention to it lately. But um, favorite graffiti around town. I mean, I definitely. Uh, there are. I, I've always loved the dripping rainbows. I still like keep track yeah. of the ones that are left. They're still that. around, right? You can I think find there's them. at least three there's of them. There's uh, one on a building, um, yeah. like right around Broadway. That, and that red brick building. It was formerly the Hudson Hotel. That area um, uh, at uh, down near the railroad bridge where you okay. drive underneath and everyone honks. Old tradition. From, Old tradition. From when uh, the train used to go across right there and you honked <laughs> to warn them because the bridge wasn't there. Um, the uh, I, I like the dripping rainbow on there. There's a, there's one from the first round of them that he did on. Uh, there's like in a, some like a school across from the intersection of UNM and Central, or, okay. or University and Central. Um, where is that? That's uh, on the north side of Central in the parking lot of the school, right across from like Yasmin's. Okay. Around Ashley yeah, I think I know and it, It's only like four colors, and then there's one on the old uh, railroad depot, the rail yards. Uh, right. But that was like a practice one. It's real messy. Yeah. And then there there used to be a bunch. I have a Facebook album of all of them from mm-hmm. back in the day. But um, <clears throat> what else? Uh, well, I'd like to say... I like um, those. I like those. If you go to Albuquerque Graffiti there's a on Facebook, do yeah. a search for it. There is a page dedicated oh, nice. to uh, cataloging different Albuquerque graffiti. And uh, one thing that's kind of interesting about it is... Um, it doesn't necessarily seem like they're going for the most beautiful all the time. Interesting. It's, it's actually a pretty good cross section hmm. of uh, kind. Of, I'd say everything's sort of interesting. Huh. Uh, so my, worth uh, worth checking out. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, there, there was also Duke City Graffiti Magazine from Lisa Barrios and Augustine McCord. Yeah. They did at least a couple issues of that, I think, and and uh, at least one. And that that that's a nice collection. There's also a number of zines, which we should do an episode on Albuquerque zines sometimes. One Get of these days, Maria Aaron Jones in here, and I think so, yeah, yeah, and uh, to talk about that because zines are little self-published magazines, and there's a lot of crossover with yeah uh, with those and hip hop, or and uh, and and local graffiti and so on. 
You know, graffiti is is one of the five pillars of hip hop. I mean, that's like yeah, it, that's what it like kind sense. of grew out of was that right. that scene emerging in 1970s New York. And uh, is it five pillars or four pillars? I can't remember. I know uh, there's five pillars of wisdom, but you only yeah, need four really to hold five. up a, a decent Bra- sized break dancing, emceeing, uh, turntabling. Um, what else? Graffiti. And I think I think it was four, and then some people have said fashion was a fifth one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll take your word on it. Yeah, man, I, read. I don't know anything about it. The, there, Ty, you would love this book. I know, like, you know, that's not my number one genre either, but, like, there's a lot of good music in that genre. Um, but the book Can't Stop, Won't Stop, A History of the Hip-Hop Generation yeah. is exactly how you write a, a relevant history of a narrow topic, of right. a seemingly narrow topic. He ends up making... It just seemed like so relevant to absolutely everything, and you realize that it's not narrow. That it's like yeah. that it involves this war on the poor. That it, invo- I mean, you know, the first book about hip hop was about the New York City subway taggings, like the the train cars. So this is interesting. Yeah. Um, this actually, Mike and I were just having a discussion about uh, the music choice that I made for the uh, oh yeah, yeah. the uh, graffiti piece that he wrote, which oh, of yeah. course is a is a hip hop track from local artist AC. Okay, that's A A Y C, and. Um, you know, we're a couple of white guys. Yeah. There's no question about it. And we were, I, you know, I certainly felt like, well, I wonder if... if Some of the word choices in it or something. Well, there's that. And then <laughs> just also like, oh, okay, we're, right, we're doing a thing on graffiti now. So oh, yeah. time to play some hip hop, you know? Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. is that okay? And um, yeah. I kind of feel like they're so linked. It, sure, they are linked, yeah. But it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's how good. I mean, and obviously there, there are... There are versions of of graffiti that happened way before um, before hip hop too. Well, I mean, like Pompeii, for instance. Yeah, no, Pompeii, of course. <laughs> but also tagging even was prevalent yeah. in early 1900s LA. Right. It was like uh, something that you could do. Sure, hey, that makes you know? sense. In fact, I've read I've read I read one book where it was a guy who's like, yeah, I started graffiti. I just wrote my name on the wall one time. He I thought it would be it. cool to put my <laughs> name on it. And it's very possible. You know, sometimes no. these things have. Sometimes these things have. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Modern American or whatever. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um. He. You know, that's historians can check that stuff. Like, who wrote the first tag? Well, but here's the earliest known. See, you know, I went into a tower in the Czech Republic. Yeah. Um, the uh, the tower on the St. Charles Bridge oh, or the Charles Bridge, yeah. and uh, you know there you go up to the top and carved into the stone is names from thirteen hundred. You know That's it's true, it's yeah. uh, certainly not. I've certainly hiked to my share of sandstone arches out in the middle of yeah. nowhere with carvings from the eighteen thirties to the ni- early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. You know um, that yeah that, I think that impulse has always been there to put your name on sure. things. It's, yeah. it's it's definitely there. And but I think in modern day America. Yeah. It certainly is linked yeah. to, you know, different yeah. cultures and genres and, yeah. you know, so forth. You know, one thing I'd like to talk about, I know we're an Albuquerque-centric show, but one of my favorite books about New Mexico is Aspen Art of the New Mexico Highlands. Have you have you seen uh, that book? No, I have not seen oh, it, but I know so what it's cool. about, I guess. Yeah, it's just sheep herders uh, from the late 1800s, early 1900s, who cut their names into aspen trees. Yeah. And, you know, they're called dendroglyphs. And carvings. typically, again, you know, this is yeah. something that people have probably done for thousands of years, yeah. millions of years, yeah. I don't know, forever. Um, but in New Mexico at that point, it's yeah. linked to the Basque sub- oh, to interesting. the Basque uh, interesting. immigrants. Hey, Greg Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Greg Martin? Oh, yeah. yeah we should. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be a, a great little, guest. A little should. Basque uh, <laughs> yeah. talk with Greg yeah, Martin he, sometime. Yeah. He could try. He's the him. author of a book called uh, Mountain City I about love his Mountain Basque City. family yeah. living in a tiny, mostly ghost town in Nevada, I think. I like stories from boys too but mountain cities like i just i love stories of small towns and stuff and like yeah you there's know, 20 that, people that live in a town and he chronicles uh, anytime it. you're going back into history is always yeah. gonna appeal to me pretty yeah. strongly so. when ty and i were grad students at unm greg martin was our our advisor mm-hmm. he so we we both have a, a fondness for that guy yeah yeah <laughs> all right well let's um so i've got a question for you because i feel like this is something that graffiti okay naturally instigates this question let's hear it. where's the line Oh, when is graffiti not okay? Oh, interesting. So I feel like everybody's got a line. Yeah, yeah. Some people are like nowhere. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, get the get the Albuquerque uh, city people out to yeah. cover it up with cover the gray. Up. Yeah. Well, you know, I just think some of it's so beautiful and that it actually makes the area better. I think some like certainly when, is, when yeah. I'm walking along and I see I have the choice between looking down at a gray sidewalk or a gray wall and uh, 
something beautiful and artistic and thoughtful that makes me laugh or react or feel something or uh-huh. has some historical historical significance. I think that that's really has value. I don't know how you would get a city to think about that stuff. You'd have to have yeah. a really attentive arts council that like assessed each piece right. individually. And that, but then again, you're still concentrating yeah. power and some it's people true, who yeah. would have a uh, say it's over true, yeah. what stays and what goes, which is yeah. what we already have, you know, some interesting things happen, you know, the city buffs things out and then street artists respond to that. Yeah. Like for instance, there was one, guy or girl, I don't know, it's hard to say about these things, um, who every time these things were painted over with gray paint and they're often really like kind of stupid the way they paint stuff over. Oh man, that beautifully rendered painting on the wall. Now we have a gray square that doesn't yeah. match the wall behind it. Great job. Um, the, uh, <laughs> that looks way better. Um, <laughs> someone was putting dotted lines around them to make them look like they were perforated cutouts. I thought that was fantastic. Oh, Some nice. somebody else was turning them into monsters. I really that was fan, that was like yeah. three or four years ago on UNM campus and around that area, and it right. was just great. Like, oh, what a great response! And then they buff over it again, and it's turned again. And to me, that's like. Um, have you ever heard of like the exquisite corpse yeah. art, art form where people pass something back and sure, forth and yeah, they continue to alter it and change it? Yeah, um, I find that that very interesting. I think to me, when I a big difference that a big that that I make in looking at graffiti and assessing it personally is who who is it addressed to, mm-hmm. and like if it's if it's something that is intended as a sort of an attack in some way, like does it attack upward or downward? Right, right. Is it, is it attacking vulnerable people and people in power? Like the other day I was at La Salle skate park, giant swastika there, yeah. you know, that's nasty. That is, Jeez. that's targeting oppressed groups using, you know, historically fearful things during a politically unstable, fragile, terrifying time that punches downward. I find it immediately bad. Yeah. You know, that's a toxic yeah. symbol anyway. That's, you know, but, but, um, you know, which is a shame because it, you know, you can see it around the stage at the chemo. It didn't always have those meanings, but right, humans right. have these dark impulses yeah, and they the go Nazis there. Nazis kind of ruined swastikas. Yeah, way to I go, think, Nazis. I'm just going to say that. Every, you know what? They ruined a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Chaplin's mustache. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Millions of lives. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, so, so you know, and the, but then I see stuff, and it's like it's it's placed thoughtfully and conscientiously. Yeah. When I see a big dumb tag across a small struggling local business, that's yeah. punching down. Absolutely, don't do that. Absolutely, you know, like, or something scrawled across a historic building. Oh, you yeah. know, nothing um, makes me matter than than seeing a, like a carving over something historic yeah. or a, a scrawl across something historic. Right. So angering. Out at Hagen, there's um. The ghost town north of the Sandias that I love, <laughs> um, and bring up again and again. There's like a 1924 inscription on this big boulder that has a little uh, El Moro up on top. You know, oh, like it's, okay. It's, you can get up there. There's usually yeah. water in it, and it's fun to climb and perfect for bouldering. Um, and but anyway, someone in the 80s carved right over it. It's Dang. just like it's yeah. really hard. To, that makes me mad. Or the crossing of the fathers in what used to be Glen Canyon on Lake Powell, um, and is now Lake Powell. Uh, they, there was the, a 1776 inscription from the Dominguez Escalante expedition, and houseboaters just rode all over it. Yeah. I mean, come on. Something that kind of like, like, well, I guess I guess I would say defacing. Something yeah. that something that ruins yeah. what was there before as opposed to uh, yeah. And these things are complicated. It. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely complicated. It's so complicated. Like um, I said in the article, I mean, Onyate wrote over an Anasazi panel. Right. You know, an Ancestral Puebloan panel. I mean, like... I mean, that, it's clear we're not a zero-tolerance uh, no. graffiti couple of people here, no, right? No, I um, think it's, there's a lot of nuance to be added. There's definitely nuance. I don't want it on my wall. No, I'll say that right that. now. I don't I want anybody doing it on my res- house. residences is weird. Like, yeah. like what, what statement are you making there? This is mine now. Yeah, exactly. It's, I think it's supposed to be making a statement about, like, taking back a public space. <laughs> You know, or like claiming a part of a public space, or something if there's like that, that but, much thought going into it, which I don't necessarily. Well, think you know, is sometimes things are felt, and sometimes they're yeah, thought. You know, it's like you know, like I think, uh, you know, I, I just think about people being born into a world that they didn't choose, and seeing nothing around them that they have any control over whatsoever. Yeah, and here they are, like, well, I got a grease pencil, I got a permanent marker, yeah, I've, I've got a buck knife, whatever. I'm gonna like you know, do something to this wall or this bench or this phone yeah, booth or right. whatever, if there are any of those left. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just think it's interesting. And I think like if, like anything, if you can suspend judgment and look at it as some sort of cultural something, then you can get a little more out of it than you would otherwise. Yeah. Unless you know? it's on your house. Sure. You know, <laughs> then it's real hard to do. I, th- I <laughs> honestly, if I think, I think if you see it around your house, even on your sidewalks or stuff, I think it's fine to cover up and it's good because yeah. those can be, 
territories being carved. Yeah, absolutely. You don't, you don't also, want people to, yeah, exactly. You know, um, certainly some of them have an implicit threat. Yeah, yeah. Um, what some use slurs. Yeah. You know, you, don't, yeah. you definitely don't want that. Oh um, man. I saw Sinaloa. I saw the name of a Mexican cartel written on a bridge a while ago, and okay. I was like, "That needs to yeah, we don't, go away. Don't that really want to, <laughs> like, don't want those guys feeling too comfortable." Yeah, yeah. That's, but you know that that website that I mentioned in the piece, AB, StopABQGangs.org. Yeah, that is so interesting. That list it's probably wildly outdated now. Yeah, but just using using resources like that and using um, just the internet, like I saw. Uh, Three three letters written on a bridge the other day in Tejeras Canyon, and I went and looked it up, and I'm like, oh, that's a gang out of Denver, and they're <laughs> named after a street in Denver, and oh, they're in, they're here right uh, now, right. you know? Yeah, like it's a, uh, it you know they can tell you something about the political reality. You don't read that stuff in the papers necessarily unless it reaches a certain point where it, right. it you know breaks into people's consciousness. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, I was kind of looking over here at. at Gang signs over okay. on the site. You go to, um, it's called stopabqgangs.org. Yeah. And it's got about, a looks like about a hundred different uh, supposed gangs here um, yeah. listed. And then like what kind of uh, initials they use, what kind of signs they use. Interestingly enough, Insane Clown Posse is uh, is listed. listed. Gang, yeah. Um, yeah. I well, the FBI agrees, but yeah, do they even like? I mean, I know that they. What's well, a gang brawl really? from know. time to time? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, yeah, so it's a group of people. You no, know, see, Archie and the gang. I just happen, you know, we happen to know something about the insane clown posse. You know, I kind of think maybe they don't belong here. <laughs> but uh, what about the Hawaiian Gardens gang? Is that a real thing? That's that's out on there? there too. Really, yeah, the Hawaiian so. Gardens gang doesn't really is- say anything at all, other than they like the the terms HG. Hmm. Um, let's see if they have Los Burqueños. They don't. They have the mm. Berkey Zoo crew, mm. which are just some guys who like to go to the zoo. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, so they're like morning zoo <laughs> DJs. Hey. That's, right. that's, that's just, uh, yeah, 94.2 or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's certainly a distinction between, um, you know, things that are just dashed off and things that have a lot of craft and thought and artistry put into them. Yeah. You know, I've talked with, um, you know, some really experienced artists. They dismiss taggers as just taggers sometimes. Yeah. And they dismiss, uh, amateur, like probably college, you know, early college student, uh, people as, as, uh, what do they call them? Uh, toy, toy artists or something. Toy artists. Toy taggers or something like that. Oh, I've heard about this toy. Yeah. Just people who are just like messing around. They're treating it as a novelty and it's like, they're, they're new to it and they, are doing stencils or wheat paste or something like that, but they're not engaged in the craft. Doesn't yeah. toy stand for something? Oh, I thought it just meant like they're just toying around. I don't oh, know. Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe it does. Um, but I think that, you know, talking about the difference between tagging versus street art, I like, I, I hesitate to make that dichotomy sometimes because I think for one thing, some tags are beautiful there. I mean, man, yeah, you look at some walls, true. particularly like in the South Valley and, and even along central and they are just gorgeous. You look at them and you're like, is that in 3D? Like, how did you do that? The, yeah, you know, the, no, the, absolutely. They're just epic and beautiful. And you might not be able to read them because you aren't familiar with the font, basically. But but uh, they're just like, they're things of beauty. They're, they're creations that people spend a lot of work putting into. But I also think like making that distinction can be dangerous because <clears throat> who's to say that like, I don't know, it can be classist and racist even like sure. you know to say that like well if an individual art student from UNM made it that's something else yeah. entirely than if like somebody who identifies with a gang because he had to to survive in his neighborhood made it right you know like you know these there are just so this stuff is a sociological minefield and library and everything you can just wander through it and find so much out there's there's a number of really interesting books on the topic uh, bomb the Su- suburbs is an interesting one that I would recommend yeah. Um, bomb being slang for painting. You know, a number of great documentaries too. Uh, and uh, this, you know, the internet being what it is, there is a a wiki devoted to uh, to graffiti and, and mm. different terms used by aficionados. Oh, nice. Um, nice. So graffiti dot wikia w i k i a. Anyway, they say a mm. toy, otherwise known as a pawn, huh. is an unskilled, new, or experienced graffiti oh, artist. Yeah. The preferred style of most toy artists is tagging. 
as it is the simplest, easiest form of graffiti to master. Tagging, mostly used to gain credibility in the area, is usually followed by wild style pieces. And wild style is... Uh, the So tagging is when you just basically scrawl your name, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe with a Sharpie or something. But wildcat is when it's the big, elaborate, multicolored pieces. It's still oftentimes a name. Interesting. So wild style graffiti is usually a large piece taking up a good amount of wall in the area they can dwarf tags. Uh, they often look like they're three-dimensional, they're pushed together, the letters are like elaborately formed so that it's kind of unreadable to yeah. someone who's not yeah. sure what to look look for. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. it's interesting that, you know, clearly the, the people who do the toy tagging are yeah. uh, kind of looked down on yeah. right, in this, that they're they're just beginners. They're yeah. doing a poor poor job at their craft, you, you know. know Earlier we mentioned uh, best artists, and I should have mentioned Nani Chacon and uh, Ernest Doty, yeah, and um, Kevin V Hill, and and uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Detach. There's a number of really cool people with really great styles around town, and I really like what they do. But let Absolutely. me tell you one of my least favorite. I hate this one every Uh-oh. time I We're see. We're going to start a beef here. I don't care. All right. All right. Uh, but <laughs> I think this is just an incredibly negative message to put out into the world, and it's KYS or KYSK. You see this all K-Y-S-K? over town. Kill yourself, and kids. Is that the kill that? yourself, kids? Yeah, and or kill yourself if it's just KYS. And I only know that because a friend of mine who's a street artist was at a party with a lot of other street artists. Uh-huh. And he, he met some of the people involved in that. I guess they started out as like middle school know nothings, and have grown up to be adult. You know, no nothings. But no. what a what a negative message to put out there, man! You're going along, you're having a hard day, and you look over and you see that tag. Kill yourself. Thanks, yeah, jerk. No, no, Thanks we don't a lot. Need that. We don't need that message. I think that's horrible. But um, uh, I also wanted to talk just briefly with the tagging versus street art discussion. You know, Albuquerque is known for its rail yards. We okay. we that yeah, you is like that. if you wa- ever get the chance to walk through the extent of the uh, rail yards. I used to before they turned part of it into that market. I used to go in there with my kids, and we'd get busted almost every time because there was a security car that would walk, drive around yeah. it. And uh, just, thought, But that place is a gallery. I mean, people go in there at night, and they practice, and they create these wonderful, amazing, massive, wall-spanning artworks in these huge old open spaces. And they would also would uh, target the, uh, the train cars. There's a book called Freight Train Graffiti, and there's a whole chapter almost in it on Albuquerque. And we, had, we have had a lot of great artists out of here. But something funny that that book mentioned that I think got lost in our um, in our destroyed audio that yeah. we talked about was that um, Albuquerque's graffiti boom really picked up after an episode of Law and Order about graffiti <laughs> came out in the eighties. Really? Yeah, and people were like, "Huh, graffiti? Wow, Let's cool. go try that." Yeah, I love Law and Order. <laughs> yeah. I love petty crime. I just think it's funny <laughs> that something so weird and like insignificant as like an mm. airing of a Law and Order episode influenced yeah. the public art scene of it, but. The freight train graffiti is that has a long tradition into it, in it going back to hobo signs, right? Hobos yeah, carving sure. their names in there, and hobo signs are so interesting, man. They're like, there is like a code there, right? Oh, there's all sorts of stuff. You know, you see like a little fire drawn in front of someone's house. Here's a friendly place. Go in there yeah. and warm up. <laughs> you know, it's communication, right? That, that's what. Yeah. When I used to live in Las Cruces, I knew this guy, and like homeless people would just wander into his house all the time, and he could never figure out what the deal was. And he's like, I lock my doors, and they wait there until it just happens to be unlocked, and then they come in, and I can't figure it out. And we found a hobo sign in the in the cement in front of his house. Oh, okay. Here's your problem. Yeah. Gotta, that, that's, yeah. Uh, in certain circles, this stuff has value. And oh, my God. And stuff. Oh, wow. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, I just think like, you know, as this discussion proves, this stuff is all far ranging. It's a sign of people. It's a it's sign of life. It's super complicated, and I really it, it is. Yeah, I have very complicated feelings about it too. You know, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, as we said in our previous discussion, I mean, like, yeah, some people just hate it. It's totally like and despised. I can, well, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't hate all why. of it, but yeah. I can certainly see like feeling threatened by some right, of it, right. and and feeling like it's you know, I was downtown and uh, there's a Big beautiful mural on the side of the oh, yeah. um, uh, the El Rey building, oh, yeah. and uh, it's got a bunch of little tags all over yeah. it. And I think that's kind of crappy, you know. Yeah, like that, yeah. That, yeah. Kevin Veal did that beautiful mural, and, and it's not like there's not a bunch of white space next yeah. to it, you know. But that was very clearly done to yeah. deface the piece. That's true, yeah. As yeah. opposed to just yeah, what does that say? Cover, you know, you're you're disrespecting an artist. Yeah. 
Um, it's like saying, don't make the city beautiful, make it ugly. Yeah, it is ugly. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I liked Eva's idea when she was, we were talking about that, where she said she wants to make a piece where every tag would get incorporated mm-hmm. into it and updated. I think that's a really interesting thing. That would be, yeah, that would be yeah. smart, but yeah, not a. Yeah. It's too bad. Not always practical. You know, we should we should offer a disclaimer too. That that article, like, I don't want to conflate all ancient inscriptions with graffiti because okay. some of these things have different meanings. So like petroglyphs and so forth. Petroglyphs and stuff. That yeah. I mean, what you're not going to build a church back then necessarily. It's like you know, the, the rock maybe was the church. Well, and, uh, yeah. and you're you're you know, there there is I think like a yeah. totally different kind of spiritual understanding sure, of yeah. making Very marks different. on rocks when it comes yeah. to petroglyphs and so forth. Yeah. So I, I agree. We don't, we don't want to say... Because yeah. I feel like it can be very dismissive to say, oh, well, that's just ancient it's, graffiti. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that that's... Yeah. That's only part of the story. This is... You know, these are... Uh, th- these have pretty profound meanings for, for people who've lived here for totally. thousands of years. Totally. Yeah. I don't want to... Uh, to denigrate that, um, despite the fact that I think a lot of graffiti is very cool, I, you know, in the same way that we might say one piece is art mm-hmm. and another piece mm-hmm. is not, uh, this is also its own thing. So it, you know, it's perception is a big part of it. I mean, uh, when I found, I can't remember if I've talked about this on the show or not, but once I found, you know, those those uh, crosses carved on that wall out by north of the Sandias, mm-hmm. and uh, it was in the newspaper, and it was like, whoa, are these from the Chamascada Rodriguez expedition and stuff? And I showed it to a friend of mine from Santa Domingo Pueblo, and he was yeah. like, graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's true. Some Spanish yeah. expedition from 1581, they don't belong there. They're yeah. like, they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have marked it up. Right. And I was just like, whoa. To me, it's like this epic historical thing. And to him, he's like, yeah, those people were so annoying. They came in here it's and conquered my though. people. I mean, yeah. They were it's... awful. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, I think this stuff is so fascinating. And, and, uh, it's you know it's loaded. It's really Very loaded. loaded. It, part one of the reasons should we talk about the broken windows theory at all? Like, oh yeah, go ahead. Um, one of the reasons that it's so loaded is that there's this idea called the broken windows theory. Uh, it says on this Wikipedia page the theory was introduced in a 1982 article by social scientists James Q. Wilson and George L. Kelling. But basically, it says that uh, when little things happen in an urban space that add to the general like right. shabby and decrepit condition of the place it kind of says anything goes here. Yeah. And so if you see like abandoned buildings sitting around and they've got broken windows and so on and you see graffiti and stuff like that, it's kind of saying like this is a place of lawlessness and disorder Yeah, and anything can happen. And who knows, maybe there's something to it. I'm but sure there's something to it, but to the extent that it's like kind of responsible for yeah. a bunch of zero tolerance policies, no, yeah. I, I think that that's... What, the end result of that mentality ends up being just cracking down on the poor and uh, and on you know, yeah, like it's, it's really can yeah. be nasty and it's like it's not it's not applied across the board. Okay, if an abandoned building is such a problem for a neighborhood, why are banks allowed to foreclose people's homes and yeah. keep a keep a boarded up building that keeps getting broken into right. and turned into a crack house Wouldn't over it and be over more again? Useful to have like. <laughs> Why isn't that automatically taken and like you know re- reused by the city? Like we have more empty, boarded up buildings in America right now than we have homeless people. How that's, like that's the idea crazy. behind squatting laws, right? Like uh, where you can say people can if 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 a building is yeah. vacant for long enough, then someone can yeah. just squat in it. You'd but think, yeah, like um, well, other countries have that. Yeah, uh, I don't think that it works yeah. here. Don't don't try it. It's, um, it's so these laws are never applied in a uniform, fair. Yeah, way. they're always that's the thing. They always favor the rich. They always favor the corporations. And I think context is important yeah. in the same way that evaluating graffiti is. Seriously, context counts for everything there. Oh, um, man, well, it's we craziness. Mention the uh, the one percent for the arts. Oh, you know what? We should because you know a lot of the public art in Albuquerque is official. It's mm-hmm. it's allowed, and that's great. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. If you have a business and you want it to look more beautiful, I love. The A store on Juan to, on Copper, um, heading toward the mountains. It's the Circle A Food Mart. I think it's okay. over there. They just had a plain white f- peeling paint wall for a long mm-hmm. time, and then they opened it up to local artists. And now there's this, you know, these huge bouncy, beautiful tags and some Futurama themed yeah. <laughs> art on the side of it. And it's just like more fun. My kids and I right. walk past there and we look at it, and it's fun, you know. And uh, you know, you see those, that thing, those sorts of things where, or whatever store it is next to uh, the Flying Star in Knob Hill, you know, that's just like opened up that wall there in that alleyway for a lot of stuff. Right. You know, it, it, there's, 
to me, that is that is great, you know, and definitely and then, valuable. And then you get city, uh, you know, city folks uh, like the the one percent for the arts fund that we have. One percent of the city's budget allegedly is going toward the arts, and good stuff comes out of it, you know. Right. And um, you know, there's so many wonderful artists here who, who some of who practiced uh, their craft with street art, you yep. know, before they before they brought it uh, to these official murals and so on. I don't want to out any of them. <laughs> but, um, but you know, there's some interesting books. The 1% for the Arts Fund did a little book about all the public art around Albuquerque. I could not find it because the spine has no print on it. But then I've got one here from Bernalillo County. They did a, a one just called Public Art that has a lot of the local art pieces that you can mm-hmm. see out on mm-hmm. walls, et cetera, around that's nice as well. We have a lot of, we just have a lot of great stuff here. You know, I, Derek Catterwall, who's a local scenester and promoter and just an incredible artist in his own right, um, he always signs his emails where he's telling about local events off with right. small things grow tough in the desert. And I, I think that's true. And I think strange things grow tough in the desert also. We, we yes. like unique things grow out of a little place like Albuquerque that's surrounded by so much desert. That's the most isolated mid-sized city in, in America, you know, the, um, and, uh, you know, it's great to see those expressions, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's really wonderful. I like, I, I love seeing Nani Chacon's murals, you know, driving on the rail runner out of town, seeing that oh, one, yeah, one yeah, right definitely. there. That's actually some Mount of the Taylor. best. Uh, yeah. I, I like taking the rail runner to Santa yeah. Fe just because yeah. there's there's some really great graffiti on the way there. Oh, there Otherwise, yeah. abandoned, kind yeah. of blighted area. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that, you know, even the worst of the graffiti there isn't really hurting yeah. anything, although, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not talking about swastikas or anything. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that's... Um, I think, you know, both of us are out of the loop on this, I think, right now. And so, like, I'm sure people that really know this stuff are hearing it and thinking, oh, you missed all of this and yeah. you missed all of that. Well, and contact us. It's, it's bottomless, yeah. Like, we could We'd do a follow-up episode. love to have you episode. on a show sometime, yeah. frankly. You have other insights and so on and other thoughts on it. And, and, you know, we should acknowledge, too, that these things, like, come and go. There are times when tons of strong artists are living in Albuquerque and they're mm-hmm. putting their work up all the time. There are other times where the police are cracking down on things so much that they make it kind of untenable. Right, There's, right. You just don't see a lot of new work. You don't see a lot of things going around. Um, so these things come and go just like any scene, you know. But, sure. Um, I thought the early 2010s was a really strong time for uh, graffiti in Albuquerque. Yeah. But I've, then again, I was paying attention to it. Yes, yeah, so, I think that's the thing. Once, I, you know, once you have kids. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't pay attention to anything Children anymore. Children ruin everything and then give you joy also. So it's confusing. <laughs> so as usual, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going to end today with right. uh, <laughs> complaining about children. Um, any other any other last thoughts on, uh, on graffiti before we um, oh, close man. up for the the evening i'm sad we didn't get eva's great thoughts on this stuff i hope um, we're gonna definitely have have eva back on sometime soon and eva if you're listening to this i swear we yeah we wanted to uh salvage it and we just couldn't you should hear it though eva it sounded horrible Um, it's just buzz 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 yeah um so what are we gonna what's our next episode about and how are we segueing all right next episode we're going from street art to street names all right uh, so we're going to spill the secrets of Albuquerque place names um, from Juan Tabo to uh, the the mineral streets yeah. downtown, there silver, gold, all yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, some of them are interesting. Some are boring, and we'll make jokes about we'll that. We'll try to focus on the interesting ones. Although, <laughs> 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 we might actually... Wait, how did First Street get its name? <laughs> it was the First Street. Um, <laughs> something else. Oh, I wanted to thank... Uh, AC, um, who provided us with some uh, music from his new album. It's called The Original Mixtape. Nice. Um, he's a former student of yours, right? Yeah, he's cool. someone I met over at, uh, at Brown uh, Mackey. Um, you can mm-hmm. find his stuff on GarageBand. Look for AAYC. Nice. I'll post a link to it. Um, Are we closing with my brother's music too? Yeah, we're going to be right. uh, also Jeff Smith. We're going to have. Uh, Jeff Smith is probably playing right about now, actually, oh, nice. uh, underneath. Um, it's my brother. He's awesome. His strange, song's called Blacklist. Strange Weather, uh, whom we've been using for a, a good long time. A Weather um, King. Yeah, Soltero. Weather King. That's weather our, King. Our Sorry. One, yeah. It's from Soltero. Yeah. And Before he was Soltero, he was Tim Howard then, but still. Thanks Check out Soltero. to our patrons, uh, Julie Bannerman, Amy Nevitt, Jim Robillard, Noah Patterson, 
Christopher Suski, Courtney Fitzgerald, Farrell M. Smith, Roland Pentilla, and Isaac Clark. Ever growing this uh, this Patreon account of ours. Uh, please check us out. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, or City on the Edge uh, podcast. And um, we would love your support. Uh, you allow us to uh, to continue making these episodes and yeah. also improving what we do. Anybody who listened to our first few episodes knows that our sound quality, for instance, has improved a great deal. We want to keep that up, so please check us out. Patreon.com slash City on the Edge. And the Facebook feed's fun. Yeah, check out our Facebook feed, Patri- uh, City on the Edge uh, podcast, I think. Uh, Twitter's the same. And um, we have a... Sitting on the edge podcast.com website, which I need to update, which I haven't done. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, thanks for listening, you guys. We're, and hey, we're glad you're out there. Rate us on iTunes. Sure. And, uh, anything else you want to do to be nice? Mm-hmm. Make, make us a pie. Make us a pie. <laughs> That's your challenge. For this All right, you put up your towers, see with power, but we won't. We won't cower. No more hatred, anger, and lies. We'll be here till these old ways die. The time has arrived to rise. So put me on your blacklist. Oh, cause we're gonna resist. You put me on your blacklist. Oh, cause we're gonna resist. Thank you.